0: Acts 28, starting in verse 1, says, once safely ashore, we then learned that the island was called Malta. The local people showed us extraordinary kindness. They lit a fire and took us all in since it was raining and cold. As Paul gathered a bundle of brushwood and put it on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened itself on his hand. When the local people saw the snake hanging from his hand, they said to one another, this man no doubt is a murderer. Even though he has escaped the sea, justice has not allowed him to live. But he shook the snake off into the fire and suffered no harm. They expected that he would begin to swell up or suddenly drop dead. After they waited a long time and saw nothing unusual happen to him, they changed their minds and said, he was a god." So remembering where we were last week, Paul, our missionary, is on his way to Rome to stand before Caesar. That's what he appealed to. He said, I want my case. What case? All this that had been made against him in Jerusalem. I want my case to be heard before Caesar because Jesus himself told him, you've testified of me in Jerusalem. You'll also stand for me in Rome, And one of the ways that they were going to get him there was by ship. And we talked last week about the shipwreck that happened, even though he warned them against it. Remember, they wouldn't listen to him. His warning was ignored. He stood up amongst them and encouraged them in the Lord that God's purpose and his plan for Paul's life was going to go forward, even though they had made the wrong decision, even though they had acted in ignorance, even though they had ignored Wisdom. God's plan was going to go forth. And thankfully that works the same for us. Even when we're rebellious, even when we're ignorant, even when we don't listen to his wisdom, he is gracious with us and will still bring us safely ashore. So it says once safely ashore, and that, that, that word there is diosozo. I know you knew that already. But it, it, the, the, the last part of it, is sozo, which is the same word that is used in Scripture to talk about our salvation. Amen. That all those who would call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Sozo, diasozo, when they had been brought safely ashore. And again, that word means to save and to keep safe and sound. Again, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And we'll come back to that. It says, once we were safely ashore, we learned that the name of the island was Malta. And the Greek word for Malta uh, was honey, but the Hebrews would have known that word in their language as refuge. We're going to come back to that though. And it says, the local people were extraordinarily kind. It was raining, it was cold, and then we see Paul gathering sticks and helping to tend the fire. So even though based on what just happened, you know, he had kind of become a little bit of a leader amongst that group. He was the one who stood up and said, we're not, none of us are going to die. You're going to lose your ship. You're going to lose your stuff. None of us are going to die, but he's not some type of elite. He's helping along with what needs to be done, which is humble. He's also very consistent in that. He's not elitist. When he's putting these sticks onto the fire, out of this bundle of brushwood, strikes out a viper and attaches itself to his hand. And the locals see it, the ones that are watching it see it and go, ooh, this guy must be a really bad dude because even though he made it through the shipwreck, justice has not allowed him to escape. Now, I will tell you, justice, it wasn't just a word they were referring to, that was actually one of their gods. Justice. Okay. And so like justice is punishing him. He is a murderer and it has not allowed him to escape. But it says he shook it off in the fire. He wasn't harmed by the snake bite and they're watching him expecting him to swell up and to die but he doesn't. And so they say he must be a God or this must be something divine. So out of this This little passage, I want to cover two things. One's a personal testimony, and one is a really cool look at this passage uh, and and the gospel to close us out. So the personal testimony is something that always comes to my mind when I read this passage. It was something that happened at our house. I looked to see how long ago it was. It was 11 years ago, which doesn't seem like that long ago, but it was 11 years ago, almost almost to the same date. So this month, 11 years ago, Kelly was in our kitchen, Getting everything decorated for a birthday party the next day. Two of our children, the two oldest, both born in June, four days apart. One on the 22nd, one on the 26th. And I think she had had to schedule the party like the weekend before, you know, trying to get everything lined out and together. My sister had been over there helping her decorate. I had been in the back of the house studying because I was going to preach on Sunday. I was filling the pulpit for our pastor at the time on that Sunday. It was at the end of the night. I'm ready to go to bed. I've already taken my contacts out. I've got my glasses on. And I come into the kitchen, and Kelly says, Will you take this bag of trash out for me? Big, huge bag of trash. You know, because they've been in there getting stuff ready. They've been unpackaging stuff, throwing stuff away, doing all kinds of stuff. It's like, I'll take the trash out. She's standing there by the door. As I walk out the door, and as I turn to go towards the trash can, I let out. The sound that we all let out when we see a snake. And it sounds something like, ah, because I looked down and I saw a snake right there at my feet. And she goes, what? I said, a snake. And then the door slammed behind me. <laughs> Literally. She's right there on the other side of the door. I, she's like, what? I was like, a snake. She said, slam. I think I even heard it locked. And I was like, well, hold on, okay, okay. And I am not prepared to deal with a snake at this moment. Again, I had already taken my contacts out. You're like, what does that have to do with anything? Well, I uh, had a pair of glasses at the time that was a few steps behind my actual prescription. Anybody got that pair of glasses at home that you mainly just wear after you take your contacts out? That's what I had, so I already can't see very well. I've got on some flip-flops and some shorts and just a T-shirt. I was like, I am not equipped to deal with this snake. I'm sitting here holding a bag of trash. This isn't going to be useful. It's right here in my carport. And so I think to myself, I was like, what I need to do is get something to kill this snake. But see, here's what I'm concerned about. I take my eyes off the snake, what's gonna happen? I don't know where he is then. I don't know where he's at. So I tell Kelly, he's like, hey, hey, through the door, until she shut it. I was like, I need you to watch this snake while I No, 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 no. I am not coming out there to watch this snake. Okay. So I gotta get the shovel, gotta get a flashlight. Well, by then the snake has moved a little bit. Now he's out in the grass. He acts like he's trying to leave, maybe he was, I don't know. I knew that Kelly was not gonna let me sleep until I had killed this snake. And so it's dark out there, I didn't have a flashlight. You know when you need a flashlight, like you really need a flashlight, you can't find one? That's what was happening to me. I had, a little, I had an old mag light, it's like letting off just like one candle worth of light that's barely on the ground at all. Again, can't see very good, about two, uh, two appointments behind on my prescription there. So I finally convinced her. I was like, it's out here. It's over in the grass. If you'll get in the car. No, 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 no. Yeah, just get in the car and you can shine the light over there and then we'll be able to see it. I'll be able to kill it with the shovel. That's what we'll do. So she gets in the car and she's literally, she's in the car with the doors locked. All the windows are up and she's like flinching as she's driving forward. Finally, get the snake dispatched, killed, little copperhead. Uh, would have been a problem for somebody I think my sister probably walked right over the top of it maybe when she left or she just missed it anyway I tell you that story to tell you this story a week later I'm at home on lunch and I remember walking down my hallway and I was dealing in that moment with a lot of anxious thoughts you ever deal with any of those you know life is big a lot of things going on a lot of problems that we come into contact with. And that was, something was going, I can't even remember what it was. I don't even remember what it was, which that teaches you a little bit of a lesson right there. I can't remember what it was It was causing me this, you know, anxiety, you know, whatever. I was with 20, 29 year old Steven at the time uh, or 28. Really, you know, probably not in my best place, but I still deal with that stuff today. And you just know what I'm talking about, right? that the thoughts are big, life is big, I feel small, I feel incapable, I feel like, man, I'm gonna mess this up, this isn't gonna go well, I'm not gonna have what I need to have here. You know, and that just starts to pile on. Anybody ever felt like that? I was feeling like that. And I'm walking down my hallway, and for some reason, that snake came back to mind. You know, things will just pop up in your head. That snake came back to mind, that situation. And then, right after that, in my spirit, I heard, would you let that snake follow you around the house all day? I was like, no. Then why are you letting these thoughts follow you around all day? Why are you letting this mindset, these worries, these concerns follow you around? Because why did I address that snake so quickly? It's venomous, right? It can hurt me. It can hurt my family. It can cause issues for my household. These thoughts were the same way. And yet I was entertaining them. I wasn't making them turn loose of me and let me go. I was letting them latch on to me, hang on to me. And that question, and again, that was 11 years ago. And that's one of the things that the Lord has taught me that has not ceased to be right there. You wouldn't let that snake follow you around the house. Why are you letting these destructive, contrary Torturous thoughts. And again, over what? I couldn't even I can't even remember what it was, but I remember the lesson that came out of it. Why are you putting up with these thoughts that are contrary and that they're harmful? And you look at this story with Paul, he, he's got this brush and you know, these sticks, this little pile, and when it got close to the heat, that's when the snake that was inside there struck out at him, wasn't it? When it felt the heat. When the heat started to build up, that's when it came out. And he didn't mess with it. He didn't play with it. It attached to his hand. What did he do? He shook it off in the fire. Let it perish in the fire and didn't let it take him out. And see, for me, that was a pivotal time in my life. I didn't realize it was a pivotal time in my life. Uh, but it was going to be, I was going to be called to step into something I'd never stepped into before to do something I'd never done before. And that was going to bring about a lot of opportunity for more anxious thoughts, for more uh, problems for me to have to deal with. I was going to need it. And I learned it then. And I, and I learned obviously that I still need it. It happened. That was in 2011 in in June and October, uh, I served as the interim pastor of this church for Several months, several months, not knowing who our next pastor was going to be, not knowing how that was going to work out, not knowing how everybody was going to react or respond to me leading in the interim. And I had never felt that type of pressure before. I had never sat under that before. And I, I can tell you, and I've talked to so many, so many pastors, that after we get done, after I get done here today, and, and I, I get to a spot where it's quiet and I get to a spot where I sit down, one of the main things that I'm going to deal with is that was terrible. That wasn't good at all. Nobody got anything out of that. What are you even doing? And it's not just me. I thank the Lord that it's not just me. I talked to Pastor Chad White, same thing. Pastor Mark Smith, same thing. All, all, all my different, why? Because you, you, you're poured out, you're emptied out, Things are heating up, and then the snakes come out. That's when the snakes come out. That's when the contrary thoughts come out. And what I learned then, because I would go home, and again, when there's that much uncertainty, my personality type, I don't deal well with uncertainty. I don't deal well with not knowing what's going to happen next. I like to know, and I like to have it lined up. And when it's not, plus I'm tired, I can deal with those thoughts all over again. And I finally learned the Lord taught me in that. And I, it, 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 it saves me so much today to just catch those thoughts when they try to set in, to just stop them right there and go, no, 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 no. I'm not going to allow that to attach itself to me. I'm not going to allow that to become a part of me. I'm not going to allow that to inject its venom into me. I'm not going to do that. God, I, I bind that, that thought. Because that's what scripture tells us to do, to take every thought captive and make it obey Christ. And we have to do that. That's an active uh, effort on our part. Bind that foul spirit of self-preservation that what I'm the one responsible for me, that I've got to hold all of this up, that I've got to keep all of this headed the right direction. God, I lose the spirit of faith so that I can see, so that I can see how big you are. I can see how much you love me. That I may, I'm still gonna deal with this. I'm still going to fight through whatever this is. I'm gonna gonna handle whatever this is, but I know that I don't have to be big because you are. And that's what I see when I get to this passage. That when the tumultuous time comes, when the heat rises, the snakes are going to come out. We talked about pressure reveals the cracks that we have, doesn't it? Pressure will reveal the cracks that we have. And and I, I hope that you hear me. You're not the only one that struggles with this. You are not the only one that struggles with those feelings. We all struggle with that feeling of powerlessness. That's what it is. That's why we get anxious. We can't do what needs to be done. We don't see ourselves as capable. We feel powerless. And when we feel powerless, we, are, we, we see ourselves as at risk. That's when fear sets in. When we don't believe that what we've put our trust in is capable to hold us up. That's, fear. that's when fear shows up. And so that's why we have to constantly remind ourselves not to put that hope and that trust in ourselves because we will let it down. We'll see the insufficiency in ourselves. We look to him instead and say, I'm insufficient, but you are completely sufficient. And again, you are not alone even when you feel like you are in those feelings, in those moments, and in those anxieties. It's the heat rising up and it's the snake launching out of what you're trying to do that's good. That's good and right to try to shut that down. You're not alone even when you feel like it. When you feel incapable, when you feel like you're responsible for yourself, those thoughts will show up. And again, think about where Paul was in that moment. He'd been through the shipwreck, which we talked about, was 14 days of a shipwreck. It wasn't just like we were going along and everything was fine and then the shipwreck. It's 14 days of being in the storm. How are you resting during that time? Not very well. We also know they didn't eat very well during that time. So tired, hungry, cold, wet, then the snake comes out. And and that's what we feel like in those moments. It's like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And the focus is on us. And the feelings of insufficiency are on us. And see, what what I learned is those thoughts are just like that snake. This is a threat to my safety. This is a threat to my well-being I wouldn't let it follow me around my house I wouldn't let my kids play with it I wouldn't keep it in here I would address it and I would dispatch it which is what we did and I need to do the same thing with these thoughts well play with them when it launches out and it's going to and tries to attach itself to you shut it down because you know better you know better and He's given us something so much better to hold on to. Amen. That's the personal testimony. The second part that I want to show you in this passage, something really cool when I read through this, again, as far as encouraging us. I told you that first verse. It says, Once safely ashore. Dia sozo. The root word there. Sa- save. To save, to keep, and maintain the safety of. Right? That's what he's done for us in salvation. Malta, where they landed, the Hebrew word for Malta was refuge. Refuge. And and when they got there, what did they experience? Extraordinary kindness. Extraordinary kindness. So, picture this they were saved brought to the refuge where they experienced extraordinary kindness. Then a viper came out and attached itself to Paul, bit him. So much so that the people saw the risk there, the problem there, and they said, surely this man is a murderer. He's done terrible things. We know that because even though he made it through the shipwreck, our God, justice, or God is whatever they said, has not allowed him to live. And they expected him to swell up and die, but he kept on living. Nothing unusual happened to him. And so they changed their minds and said, well, he must be a God, or this must be something divine. Remember, God was gracious, even in their ignorance, to bring them through the shipwreck, to bring them through the storm, to save them, bring them safely ashore to Malta, the place of refuge where they were shown extraordinary kindness. Verse two. And then out comes the snake. Out of the path of comfort, right? Paul is seeking comfort, warmth from the fire. Out comes this snake. And think about the snake. In scripture, going back to the beginning, serpent represent good stuff? Nope. What does it represent? Sin and rebellion. Sin, even though they had been delivered from the storm, even though they had been brought safely ashore, they had been saved to a place of refuge, of extraordinary kindness, like what we find in Christ's grace for us, sin tried to reattach itself to Him. And not just sin, but the penalty of it to reattach reattach itself to Him, to poison Him. But see, look, what he had was authority. He shook it off into the fire, gave it no further thought. Nope, that's not mine. That doesn't belong to me. This will not attach itself to me. And he shakes it off in the fire. And the others said, he must be a murderer. Guess what? He was a murderer. He had committed murder. And they were like, justice will not allow him to live. Justice wouldn't. But God, who is rich in mercy, would allow this man who had been guilty of murder to live. They were expecting to watch death and pain. But Paul was redeemed from that. He was saved from that. Saved from the power of it, the penalty of having that snake attached to him. And nothing happened to him. And they said, this must be of God. Only God could do something like this. So just retrace it back with you in that position, with your life, that we've come through the storm. We've come through our rebellion and our ignorance and the storm that came up because of it. And we have been brought safely ashore. We have been saved. Sozo. Saved and kept safe in Him. We've been brought to a place of refuge in His grace. We experience extraordinary kindness. And yet, there will be times when life heats up that sin tries to reattach itself to you, to latch back on, to grab back a hold of who you are, become a part of who you are. And others may even look on and see and say, see what's happening to them It's because of what they've done. See what's happening to them It's because of who they are. See what's happening to them, it's because of the wrongs that they have done in the past. But in Christ, we now have the authority to shake that off. We couldn't shake it off before. You couldn't shake sin off. That was the only thing you could do was sin. But now he has given you, in his grace, the ability to say, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to allow that, the ability to reattach itself to me. You see how quickly he shook it off in the fire? He's putting the sticks in the fire. The snake comes out and gets him. He's like. And he goes on about his business. That's the way we address those thoughts, those temptations, those drives in our life. That I know the end of that. I know what that poison feels like. I know what that venom feels like in my veins. I'm going to shake it off into the fire. And when the people saw it, the only response that they could drum up was, God must have done this. And that's the way it is in our life. And that's what people will see when they look into who we are and what we've done is, only God could do this. This God. But they would learn better wouldn't they they would learn the truth because he would tell it to them they would see more good things done in the name of Jesus and many of them would come to believe so the same is true for us and that's why I encourage you when you feel that away know that it's not the truth and know that it doesn't have to belong to you just like you wouldn't walk around with a snake in your pocket Don't walk around with these thoughts, giving them space in your head that is not theirs, does not belong to them, that they don't have permission to be there. Amen. You wouldn't let a snake follow you around all day. Why are you letting these contrary thoughts? What what are these thoughts? You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You can't do this. You can't do this job. You're going to fail at this job and everybody's going to see it. You can't raise these kids. You can't do a good job with that. Everybody's going to. And it's that feeling of powerlessness that I can't. You know what? I can't. I can't. I'm terrible by myself. I am terrible by myself. But I'm not by myself. I'm not alone. And we all feel that way. But I'm not alone because he is with me. Amen.